Well, good evening, Patriots, Freedom Fighters, throughout Saskatchewan, across the country, and around the world. How are we all doing? Um, I wasn't originally planning on going live today, um, but something came up, <laughs> as it usually does. Do me a favor, share this out. I'm still... Uh, in Facebook jail. So there's six platforms I'm not streaming to. If you can, copy the link from YouTube or Rumble, because we're live on Rumble. We're also live on Odyssey. Take any of those links and post it to Facebook if you're a Facebook user. That would be appreciated. Uh, this one as well. Share this, post this on YouTube. Post it uh, in your social media. So, um, yeah. So I wanted to go live because there's a few things I need to talk about today. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I'm seeing a whole lot of media chiming in on the conspiracy theory uh, narrative. Of course, we're seeing that because not too long ago, the UN uh, had made a statement essentially um, essentially um, declaring war on conspiracy theories. I'm just going to show you that from the unite from the UN uh, here now. So, UN, the new United Nations strategy aims at countering viral hatred, <laughs> which, you know, I just, I just watched today um, some leftist who's full of hate, as they all are, because they always like to accuse us of exactly what they are. Um, go after Theo Fleury and showed an article about with a picture of him and Graham James and then said, how's your butt or how's your ass? Something like stupid like that. So you want to talk about hate. Um, that's where most of it comes from. If I could show you guys the hate that I'm sent, uh, that I was sent, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
it's always accuse us of what they're guilty of. That's just how it works. Anyways, countering viral hatred, COVID-19 conspiracy theories, Secretary General says urging world to unite against the virus. So they've put the call out um, to denounce anyone that's denouncing essentially globalism. And so, uh, is that the one I wanted? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so uh, before we get to that, so yeah, uh, I've noticed an uptick in lots of media in Canada, the United States, the UK, around the world, really that have jumped on this of course, taking their orders from the UN, an unelected, unaccountable foreign entity, uh, essentially dictating to our media uh, what they should say and what narrative they want. I'm going to show you something else. that is relative to all of this and it's called <laughs> coincidentally enough it is called the SDG media compact <laughs> In September 2018, the United Nations launched, launched the SDG Sustainable Development Goals Media Compact, an initiative marking a new drive to advance awareness of the Sustainable Development Goals. The SDG Media Compact began with 31 founding media and entertainment companies and has grown into a powerful alliance of over 200 members around the world spanning 160 countries on five continents with a combined audience of about 2 billion people worldwide. The SDG Media Compact seeks to inspire news and entertainment organizations to leverage their resources and talent to amplify and accelerate progress toward achieving the goals. The Compact provides a gateway to the UN for industry leaders and innovators interested in deepening their commitment to supporting the achievement of the SDGs. But I thought this was just a conspiracy theory. We were told that there isn't some group of people globally that are bringing the media companies together and putting out the narrative so it's all the same everywhere you go. That's not happening. That's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> From large broadcasters, entertainment companies, and established print media to news agencies, radio stations, digital publishers, the SDG Media Compact has become a powerful driver for advocacy and action on the SDGs. Know what it's actually become is the largest propaganda machine in the history of the world. SDG Media Compact members receive regular opportunities for engagement 
with UN experts on key issues relating to the SDGs, as well as regular updates, relevant content, and insights on UN priorities issues. Members of the SDG Media Compact remain independent and free (laughs) to define themselves how to take action under the compact with guidance and expertise from the UN on thematic and substantive issues when needed. While the compact does not describe any specific action from participants, members are expected to commit to engaging on the SDGs by leveraging their creative talent and resources to develop content focused on SDG-related issues and or scaling up their sustainability practices. So, uh, (laughs) there is a global entity, unelected, unaccountable, foreign, that has brought these media companies together to make sure that the narrative is consistent across the board. And when you talk about COVID-19, when you talk about vaccinations, they are 100% relative to the SDGs. I'll show you how that works. Let's uh, just do a quick search. Let's do vaccines, SDGs. There, let's see. Immunization Agenda 2030, World Health Organization, Facts Sheet on Sustainable Development Goals. You can do this with any issue you like. You can input whatever issue you like. If it's if it's nitrogen fertilizer, type in SDGs. If it's CO2, type in SDGs. If it's firearms, type in SDGs. If it's oil and gas, if it's energy, type in SDGs. If it's transgender, type in SDGs. If it's LGBTQ, type in SDGs. If it's, uh, um, you know, whatever. Wh- whatever the issue is uh, that we're that we're uh, currently battling, uh, you can type in SDGs beside it and you'll find that it's completely related because everything is related to that agenda. Everything. They want to control all aspects of your life. And people are going to ask me, Mark, you're in a campaign for the writing of Saskatoon Miwasan. Yes, I am. But the people of Saskatoon Miwasan need to understand how all of this is connected to their everyday lives. All of this is. The attack on our farmers directly relates to the people of Saskatoon Miwasan. It directly relates to the people of Saskatchewan. It directly relates to the people of this country. Negatively. All negatively. Transforming our world is the tag they used for the SDGs. Anyways, so they've decided, because there's people like me that are informing the masses of what all of this means, of what all of this is, and why, they don't like that. They need to control the narrative so they can push whatever messaging they need to continue to hypnotize the masses so they agree this social engineering and conditioning of the masses 
is absolutely necessary in order for them to achieve the goals of sustainable development. It's imperative that they control that narrative. So what they've got the media doing is ridiculing, shaming, labeling anyone who speaks against the SDGs, anyone who relates the negative consequences of those SDGs and that agenda to what's happening. Anybody that's doing that is going to be labeled, ridiculed, shamed, uh, dismissed. Uh, This is the job of the media. This is the job of propagandists. And that's exactly what our media is. Our media is paid by the government who is committed to sustainable development. So understand this. Our media is paid. The only way they can survive is if the government uses our tax dollars to pay the media to lie to us. They are propagandists. This is what they're paid to do, to forward a narrative just like the SDGs Media Compact suggests. This isn't theory. I'm only relating to you what is an actual fact, what is actually true and what is actually happening. But And they all know this, but it doesn't matter if they know this or maybe they don't. Maybe some are just, you know, too dense to figure out why their editors keep editing all their stuff because it has to say a certain thing because it has to have a certain narrative. Maybe they, maybe they just dance and they don't get it. So um, anyways, this is what happened today with a guy by the name of Colin Butler. Colin Butler is a propagandist for the CBC state-owned media, state-funded media, your tax dollars funding, keeping this alive to the tune of $1.2 or $4 or $7 billion annually. Um, You know, anyways, he writes this, okay? This This is in regards to the bug factory in London, right? Seven days after the factory was built, it was falsely implicated in a global conspiracy. Okay? So, he's setting the narrative. He's framing his narrative to make sure that anybody that's critical or mentions the fact that we're going to eat bugs um, at the state's dictation at the UN ultimately dictation uh, somehow was a conspiracy theory. So let's go through this. This is hilarious. So a London, Ontario cricket factory that produces insects used as pet food has found itself at the heart of a sweeping international conspiracy theory whose purveyors claim a cabal of shadowy, shadowy elites are trying to force the population to eat insects as part of a sinister totalitarian plot. (laughs) The conspiracy theory, and just bear with me, I have to go through this before I smash this. And I've already done it. I've already done a two-minute drill on it. I've already put the links on my Twitter. 
if you want, you can go to my Twitter, you can get these links. The conspiracy theory has been circulating for months, amplified and published by hawkers of online misinformation in Canada and elsewhere in English and Chinese, often with the falsehood growing more sweeping or outrageous with each iteration. Those spreading the myth aren't just online bloggers and anonymous social media accounts. The falsehoods are also spread and tweaked by a number of political operators to suit their agenda, including the Alberta separatist movement and politicians like a sitting MP and a Conservative Party of Canada leadership hopeful. CBC News charted the history of how this conspiracy theory grew, from a single tweet by an Ontario construction company to being used as rhetoric in the Conservative Party of Canada leadership campaign. The timeline of the theory's growth. The entire thread began simply enough with a tweet on June 10th from the Toronto-based construction company, Ellis Dawn, announcing it had completed work on the world's largest cricket production facility. And there's the tweet. The world's largest cricket production facility is officially complete. Aspire Foods Groups, Aspire Food Groups, new plant in London, Ontario, is ready to produce 9,000 metric tons of crickets annually. <laughs> For human and pet consumption. Wait a minute. Stop it. Let's go back up here and see what Colin Butler said. A London, Ontario cricket factory that produces insects used as pet food. Colin, you said pet food. You didn't say human food. You didn't, you didn't say that, but right here in your article, in the tweet you're using to put out your propaganda, it says right here, for human and pet consumption. What do you make of that, Colin? Anyways, we'll go on. The information was picked up a week later by Awakening Canada, a Facebook group that posts misinformation about the pandemic and conspiracy theories about World Economic Forum. The June 17 post was published shortly after midnight, asking, are you guys ready to eat some crickets? Welcome to Communist Canada. It got 10 shares among the page's 4,600 followers. Ooh. Eight hours later, the false information was repeated by Mike McMullen, a London, Ontario political candidate who ran for the People's Party of Canada in the last federal election, and a candidate for city councillor in this October's municipal election. He posts the same Ellis Dawn tweet on his Facebook page with the caption, Klaus Schwab and the WEFers must be pleased. I know Mike, by the way, I know Mike quite well. Uh, the post gets 29 shares among his 1,900 followers. There's a growing number of people who think our country is messed up. See, but before I go any further, this is what they do, right? So this is how he, he minimizes the effect. He minimizes the impact of discussing this because, you know, Mike's only got uh, what is it, uh, uh, 29 shares among his 1,900 followers and, you know, Awakening Canada um, only had 10 shares among their 4,600 followers. So, you know, it must be ridiculous, right? This is how they write. This is what they do. This is what propagandists do. When asked for evidence, McMullen was unable, unable to proffer anything except the biographies of a few prominent Canadian politicians on the World Economic website, including Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland. 
I think that that is the plan, McMullen said. This is my opinion I'm giving you. CBC News reached out to Aspire Food Group, who owns the cricket plant. Mohammed Ashur, the company's chief executive, was unable for comment, unavailable for comment Thursday and Friday. Ashur told Vice News in July that the company no longer markets products for human consumption and focuses only on pet food because, he told the publication, crickets have a bit of an ick factor. <laughs> oh, God. All right. False info appears 10 hours later in Chinese. About 10 hours later on June 10th, false information was shared on Facebook and Chinese on this page. According to Facebook's translation algorithm, followers are told the cricket factory is part of a great reset agenda to stop people from owning everything and implement the major food chain. On June 18th, a similar post appeared in Black Sheep Media, Truth Media. A Facebook group that features numerous conspiracy theories with the caption to plan food shortages now offers a solution. Not to worry now. There will be plenty to eat, folks. The information has been reaching more people with the late the at least 292 shares and 164 comments among the page's 30,000 followers. It is also flagged as false information by Facebook. Of course it is. After being singled out by independent fact checkers who are just more of the same propagandists. Next, on June 22nd, a conspiracy is repeated by Tanner Knighty, the vice president of economics with the Alberta Prosperity Project, a provincial separat separatist group. Knighty shows a video of his personal Facebook title, We're Going to Keep Eating Alberta Beef. I do not intend to eat crickets or bugs for breakfast, Knighty says in this video, falsely claiming the federal government is trying to replace beef with insect protein. Well, they are. CBC News received an email statement from the APP on Thursday saying the video link you provided appears to be from a personal Facebook page and he's entitled to his opinion. We will forward this to Mr. Anidi and the media team for the response, the writer said. Signing only as the APP team. Anidi did not respond Thursday or Friday. Story make the rounds. On July 3rd, a falsehood of published in the Calgary-based Western Standard in, a, Standard in a column titled, If Canadians Wanted to Eat Crickets, we wouldn't, be, we wouldn't Be Forced to Subsidize the Cricket Farm. The column has been shared at least 450 times to 130,000 followers. July 5th, Cheryl Gallant, the Conservative MP, and she's really good. She's the one that's actually denounced the Paris Accord and denounced uh, most of this. Um, she's one of the few conservatives that has the parts to stand up and denounce all this shit. Uh, linking the protesting and sustainable farming practices in the Netherlands to February's Canadian Freedom Convoy protest with the caption, Trudeau wants us to eat crickets, and he does. She published the false information again in the link of the Western Standard column on August 7th with the caption, it's inter just interesting that Trudeau invested millions in cricket farming to fight a food shortage long before Putin invaded Ukraine. Exactly. Glant did not respond Thursday or Friday to a request for comment from CBC News. On July 9th, the federal conservative leadership hopeful Eslin Lewis wrote a blog post with the heading, Is Animal Meat Being Phased Out? That hints the cricket plant is part of a larger plan by the federal government to phase out meat. And it is part of the plan. The post has shared thousands, has been shared thousands of times on social media, including among groups that share Facebook news and conspiracy theories, such as Brothers Community Group. Lewis did not respond Thursday or Friday to requests for comment from CBC News. Professor linked falsehood to anti-government feelings. CBC News shared a timeline of conspiracy theories growing with Allison Meek. 
an associate professor of history at King College University of London who studies conspiracy theories. You see how they do this now, right? So he's written this whole article, and now comes the point where he's going to send it all home to make sure everybody knows that talks about this should be ridiculed, shamed, labeled as a conspiracy theorist. This is how this all works. She said the false information taps into a growing anti-government sentiment, playing on the fear and isolation many felt during the darkest days of the COVID-19 pandemic when authorities were imposing sweeping lockdowns and health restrictions that upended many people's daily routines. And it was Justin Trudeau himself that said in the fall of 2021, they are using COVID-19 to achieve the goals of sustainable development. Those were his words. Fact check me. Go look. He said it. Conspiracy theories can put their own stamp on it and use it in the way they see fit. I think what we're seeing is tapping into some sort of thing we saw with the Freedom Convoy or mandate. She said, this real anti-government sentiment has taken hold. Well, of course it's taken hold. The government's destroying our country with globalism that they've committed to. Meek said it's clear from the timeline that false information is twisted into manipulated by each person who spread it, adding or taking away details in order to create propaganda to suit their own agenda. Conspiracy theorists can put their own stamp on it and use it in the way that they see fit. Meek said that while conspiracy theories have existed since time immemorial in stories about secret societies such as the Freemasons and the Illuminati, oh, is that conspiracy theory or is that true? No, they actually do exist. The internet has allowed these theories to quickly flourish by reaching people instantly across borders and languages. So here you have the CBC, and this is where they're going to use C11 to censor the internet. This is going, these things are going, they're going to use these things to justify censorship, to justify putting all internet based um, sites and social media under the CRTC. This is how they're going to do this. This is why they're going to do this. The internet has been a real boom for conspiracy theories because there is an attack now on conspiracy theories around the world because the UN said so. She said with fact-checking, conspiracy theories can be exhausting. It must be done to keep those who propagate the lie from dominating conversation with false information. Even then, she said, when confronted with evidence or truth, conspiracy theorists will hide behind the idea of scientific rigor. Hang on a second. I got to tell my dog to shut up. Even then, she said, when confronted with evidence and truth, conspiracy, conspiracy theorists will hide behind the idea of scientific rigor, claiming they were just questioning the truth or offering an alternative theory. It gives those pushing the conspiracy theories an out, they say. I'm just asking questions. Of course you're, of course, you question. But questioning means you have to accept the answers. This is just the cricket factory to make pet food because that's where the evidence points. Ah, I see. I see. That's where the evidence points. I'm going to show you some evidence here in a second. This is just a cricket factory make pet food because that's where the evidence points as opposed to just because we can't find the proof of something must mean there's something nefarious going on that's not the way journalism journalistic academic and scientific inquiry works 
<laughs> These people are absolutely hilarious. Okay, so um, Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, has openly said and congratulated Justin Trudeau on being a young global leader and that half of his cabinet are members of the World Economic Forum. And so they have committed themselves to the sustainable development agenda that the Conservative Party of Canada committed us to in 92, made law in 2008, and committed us to again in 15, one month before the election of Justin Trudeau. They've committed to this agenda, Agenda 2030, Sustainable Development Agenda, the Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, the agenda that Pierre Polivare denies knowing anything about, who's voted on it numerous times in favor of it numerous times when he was in the government. And somehow people think he's going to be different. He won't be. But to burst your bubble, the World Economic Forum website, it took, it took, before I get there, it took, a very small, very short internet search, Google search. And all I put in was eat bugs, W-E-F. That's all I did. That's all I did. And this was the first thing at the top of the page. It's the first thing, top of the page. World Economic Forum website. Five reasons why eating insects could reduce climate change. <laughs> They're literally telling us to eat bugs. They literally have a plan for us to eat bugs. Our government has committed and is very committed to the World Economic Forum, which is only a support mechanism for the greater sustainable development agenda. That's all it is. World Economic Forum is not the pinnacle of globalism. Sustainable development agenda is. The World Economic Forum is in place to push that agenda. Our consumption of animal protein is the source of greenhouse gas and climate change. Insects are an overlooked source of protein and a way to battle climate change. The consumption of insects can offset climate change in many ways. So, Colin Butler, are you going to retract that whole article? That whole article of propaganda, are you going to retract it? Are you going to put in a correction that and, and include this link on the World Economic Forum that you claim is conspiracy theory? Right here says that they want us to eat bugs to offset climate change. Let's read a little further. 
We've been conditioned to think of animals and plants as our primary source of proteins. Conditioned. <laughs> Con no, that's not conditioning, actually. That's just nature. We eat meat. We're meat eaters. That's what we do. That's just nature. <sighs> Namely, meat, dairy, and eggs, or tofu. Well, I don't know who eats that shit, but beans and nuts. But they're, they're an unsung category of sustainable and nutritious protein that is yet to be widely catch that is yet to widely catch on insects. Before you say yuck, hear us out. <laughs> it's just it's just more propaganda, of course. But how does Colin Butler at the CBC? How does this Miss Meek person justify what they're doing by shaming, ridiculing so many Canadians that expressed the distaste, the disgust in eating bugs as a replacement to protein? Why would you do that when you know that this exists, when you know that it's part of the agenda? that you know they're attacking the beef industry. They're attacking the meat industry and planning to replace that meat with crickets, with bugs, which is why the government funded the plant in London because they're in line with the World Economic Forum who is there to promote the sustainable development agenda. Why would you ridicule Canadians? Why would you label them derogatory terms like conspiracy theorists when they're only concerned about the narrative that's coming out of the World Economic Forum? Most of us aren't accustomed to regarding insects as food, but the nutritional difference between sources of protein is relatively small. For instance, plant proteins lack some essential amino acids that animal proteins possess, but the major differences between insect and other sources of protein exist largely in the cultural and environmental realm. That's false. It's actually, it can make you sick as a human being to eat bug protein. It can actually make you sick. It's similar to that of shellfish crickets, where if people have an allergy to shellfish, they can get violently ill eating crickets. But there's another part to this. In general, there's something about, and I can't remember the article, but there's something about the makeup of bugs and insects that can make humans sick, which it seems... World Economic Forum, UN, our government, most governments really don't care about that anymore, do they? They want us to get sick. It seems they're making us sick through a lot of different mechanisms. Also fact. In fact, there was another article today where the UN, the World Health Organization, said stay out of the sun from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. <laughs> Stay indoors. Don't get any fresh air. Don't be active outside. Don't enjoy nature. Don't enjoy yourself outside because there's sun there. 
Um, we need sun. We need vitamin D. It's part of being healthy. Now, does that mean we lie out on the deck for six hours and fry like bacon? Well, no, but we're pretty smart. We've got this figured out. We've been doing it for how many millenniums? Uh, we don't need the World Health Organization acting as the nanny state to tell us how to live our lives. So beat it. But it, but this is it. This is the this is the commitment that our government has to the UN Sustainable Development Agenda, to the World Economic Forum, and this is why we're getting all of this nonsense. It's just this is why this like this Colin Butler, the author of of that article. He knows all of this, I'm guessing. My wife begs to differ. My wife thinks they're just stupid, and maybe they are. But I think a lot of them know this information. They're propagandists. So regardless of what they know, it doesn't matter because they've already agreed to all of this. Remember when we talked about the media compact? They've all agreed to the narrative. They've all agreed to all of this. This is why he wrote this, because he has to dismiss, he has to label, he has to ridicule anybody who questions the narrative, because that's all they have left. If they dismiss people like me and, and so many others, if they dismiss them and ridicule, shame them, then they think the normies, the mainstream, will continue to lap up their bullshit like mother's milk. But we're busting through. We are busting through, and we have to continue to stand to these propagandists. We continue to have to bust through this narrative. And that's why I thought this tonight, I had to do this tonight. I have to show this to people. So, um, I'm going to show you the tweets from Colin Butler. Because that's also important. And again, uh, that reminds me, seeing my cover. Um, this is all related to my campaign in Saskatoon, Miwasset, as the candidate that's going to tell the people the truth. It's already started. Phil Tank from the Star Phoenix already tried to label me a conspiracy theorist. I should I should bring that article up too. Let's let's do that just for fun. All right, Phil. Tank, Mark, Reason, Conspiracy. Because it's important. People have to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. I mean, his headline, Phil Tank, Saskatoon conspiracy candidate could be a dream or a nightmare. So you see how they're already doing it, right? So... That's the tone that was set. And this is why what I'm doing tonight is so important. Because they try to set a narrative. And most of the time, our politicians let them. And then what our politicians do is file in behind the narrative established by the media 
the cowards that they are, instead of leading from the front and telling people the truth and standing up to this garbage, and it is garbage journalism, it's propaganda. That's why he wrote this. Phil Tank probably knows a lot of the information we talked about tonight, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that his readers and the people who are still sucked into mainstream media believe what he says and that they see my name and automatically relate it to conspiracy theorists. The Buffalo Party's decision to run controversial Mark Friesen and the Saskatoon Blossom by-election might not be the gift it seems. So he's setting this tone, right? And it's all about conspiracy theorists. And, and he's playing right into the... Look, I mean... One imagines him knocking on the doors of people concerned about inflation, healthcare, and education, trying to convince them the World Economic Forum is really a sinister global threat right out of a James Bond film. No, it has nothing to do with James Bond, idiot. What it has to do with is exactly what they, what they advertise they want to do. Read the book by Klaus Schwab called COVID-19 and the Great Reset. Read it. It exists. It's real. Read it. That will tell you they had this all planned out well before COVID-19 was ever a thing. And then he goes on to say, maybe Dr. Evil is the Austin Powers movie is, is a better analogy given how ridiculous these theories are. So you see how they're doing this, right? You see what they do. This is, this is how they operate. They establish the narrative knowing probably the truth that I'm actually right, but it doesn't matter because their livelihood depends on them destroying reputations. Their livelihood depends on them promoting propaganda. That's the only reason they have a job. That's their only reason to exist as a journalist is to propagandize the people. That's the only reason. They don't serve any purpose like they used to. Where journalism used, journalism used to be admired. It used to be a profession that, that wanted to dig in and get the truth. Not anymore. Those days are over. They're paid by the government. They're paid by the government. Who's committed to the UN agenda. Who's committed to the World Economic Forum. We know this. <laughs> So anyways, I'll go back and uh, and we'll just go through a little bit of this call-in character. Uh, funny guy. Uh, yeah, Colin Butler writes a piece. And I think, yeah, there. So his response to this video, and it's gotten so far 2,665 views. Quick two-minute drill, just identifying this problem. And calling out Colin Butler. And what's his response? I'm famous. <laughs> right? Completely dismisses anything. And I, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't understand how these people have any credibility whatsoever. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand how, how people can be so fooled for so long by these propagandists. I don't get it. So this is what I had wrote, Colin Butler, CBC. So he writes this trope claiming conspiracy theory 
without once even doing even a cursory search on Google. If you call yourself a journalist, propagandist would be a better descriptor. And there I just, I put up the, the World Economic Forum link that I showed you guys tonight. And, uh, of course, you know, no response. Just, I'm famous. Um, so that's it. So that's the deal. Uh, that's how they operate. That's 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 what they're all about. So it is relative, you know, to to my campaign because they're trying to destroy my reputation. And Gormley's going to get on board with all of this soon too. Uh, I imagine the rest of them will as well. Um, I don't care. The more they do it, the more people might start questioning. The more people might actually come to me and, and ask for clarification. Um, so uh, th the only way we can do this is to stand to it and to defend it. And, and obviously, I'm well-researched. I understand globalism very well. I understand the sustainable development very well. And, and that's obviously helpful in all of this because every time they claim I'm a conspiracy theorist, I can show them everything that indicates and proves that I'm not. That I'm only talking about what it is they're doing, what agenda they've committed us to, and how destructive that agenda is going to be to our way of life. And so it is relative to Saskatoon Miwasan, because even in regards to farmers and the attack that farmers are under right now, is relative to the people of Saskatoon Miwasan because we all depend on food. We all need to eat. We all are going through this period of superinflation. We all have to deal with the rising cost of living. We all have to deal with the rising cost of, of fuel. We're all going to have to deal with heating our homes in the winter, minus 40. We all have to deal with this. $500 from Scott Moe is not going to cut it. Major, major fundamental things have to change. And the primary change that this province needs is a government that rejects sustainable development, a government that rejects Ottawa's plan to destroy our farmers and our ranchers and our livelihoods, and our jobs, and our way of life. We need strength. And, and the only way that's going to happen is by electing somebody completely outside the establishment that has the courage to stand, that has the conviction to stand to all of this. Saskatoon Miwasan by-election is not just about Saskatoon Miwasan, although the people of Saskatoon Miwasan are completely affected by all of these things. But it's much bigger than that. We need a voice in the legislature through this by-election process that's going to be a voice for the people and lead from the front and tell people the truth of what's really happening. I'm going to show you something that somebody brought to my attention before I came on online here. And it's pretty scary. I haven't had a lot of time to dive into it. Uh, but there's some farmers in Saskatchewan that are talking about it. And it is relative, directly related to sustainable development. And that's something called <clears throat> Impact Assessment Act. So 
it ascended into law in 2019. Impact Assessment Act. This is going to allow, and like I said, I haven't gone through all of this. I don't know it um, as well as I should, but it is something that I encourage the rest of you to have a look at because it's going to give the government of Canada sweeping powers to be able to come onto your farm, come onto your ranch, come onto your property. And like they did just, what was it, a week ago? where they were going on to farmers' property and testing their dugouts for nitrogen. And the Saskatchewan government ag minister actually responded by saying they're going to arrest people if you come onto onto this property. Well, apparently this law has a lot to do with that, this law that passed. And all of this is in compliance with Sustainable Development Agenda. This is how they're going to administer these regulations that are destroying farming, destroying ranching, destroying the livelihoods of so many in Saskatchewan and Alberta. So my point is, and again, I can't delve into that whole thing because I I haven't had time, but the point is we need to have people in government. We need to have a government in Saskatchewan that is willing, committed, and has the courage to stand up to Ottawa, to stand up to what's happening and what's going to happen to our farming industry, to our ranching. We absolutely have to need somebody in there that's going and Scott Moe has not shown any of that. I was somewhat impressed to hear his ag minister say they'll arrest these federal agents if they do it again. I was I, I, I like to hear that. But is there any teeth to it? Are they going to follow through with this? I'm not confident, but this is this is what we need. And so this election is much bigger than just Saskatoon Mewasan because if if I can get elected, if the if if enough people support my campaign and and help it and help me get elected, then I can be that voice in Regina. I can be that voice on the legislative floor when I get my opportunity to talk. And I can report back which is the most important thing is that people understand what's going on because nobody there is telling you the truth. Nobody is standing up. Nobody from the SAS party is going to stand outside party lines and start telling the truth to their constituents. They're not going to do it. Get me in there and I'll do it. I'll hold town hall events every three months in the riding of Saskatoon, Mewasan. I'll continue to do this show regularly to make sure people are informed of what's happening and how consequential this agenda is that Scott Moe refuses to acknowledge. Scott Moe says the same thing that Pierre Polivar says when asked about his position on the sustainable development agenda. I don't know what that is. Yes, he does. He knows exactly what it is. He uses sustainable terminology all the time. He knows exactly what he had. He had uh, the last election. I went and uh, saw him speak in my elementary school just down the road. 
And on the paperwork, they said a budget till 2030. <laughs> and then he's talking about sustainability and sustainable this and sustainable that. And, but he denies knowing anything about it. Come on. Of course he knows. He just can't. And this is the thing is anybody associated with the federal conservatives, the party responsible for signing us onto this agenda, anybody associated with that party is told to say the same thing, which is why Scott Moe, the premier of Saskatchewan, when asked in a meeting at Kelvington, Saskatchewan, what his position was on the sustainable development agenda, I don't know what that is. It's the same response that Pierre gave when I see him at, in Saskatoon. Waited in line for two hours to get an opportunity to ask him the most important question in the history of questions in this country. What's your position on the sustainable development agenda, the SDGs? And then you have people making excuses for him. Well, he probably didn't know what that meant. Of course he knows what it means. He's been in government for 19 years. His, his party's the party that signed us on to it in 2015. They made it law in 2008 while he was an MP. So, of course, he knows. They all know. Scott Moe knows. They just, it's the same answer. Whenever you ask an MP, it's the same answer. They get this glossy-eyed look about them, and they claim to not know anything about it. Hogwash. And there are probably some MPs that don't know anything about it. There are probably some backbenchers, some guys that, you know, have no idea, that they don't pay attention because they have no sense of responsibility toward their constituents, no sense of maybe I should figure this out, maybe I should research this a little bit. None of them have that responsibility to you or the constituents, none of them, which is why we need to extract them, which is why we need to fire them, which is why I need to get elected in Saskatoon, Mewasin, to represent the interest of the people to lead from the front, to tell people the truth of what's really going on. The media isn't doing it. Our politicians, elected establishment politicians, aren't doing it. So we need to elect somebody that will. <sighs> Little Peepee is the same propagandist as all the MP. Of course he is. Of course he is. He runs around the country. I watched that speech he gave. I don't know where he was couple of days ago. And he went to the well twice on it. The first time I got such a raving response that he's going to denounce any of his members. Uh, they'll be fired or whatever. Banned from going to the world economic. And everyone's cheering and screaming. and Yay! And then he went to the well again and said it again just to get that response again. It was gross. It was pathetic. But Nobody asked him because he doesn't allow any questions. But nobody's asking him. Nobody's demanding that he denounce the sustainable development agenda, which is the root of all of our problems. It's not the World Economic Forum. They're a support mechanism for the agenda. That's all they are. They can denounce that till they're blue in the face. It doesn't mean anything until they denounce the sustainable development agenda. All of it. All of it. And every agreement associated with it. And every treaty associated with it. When we can do that, we'll have our sovereignty back. Until then, it's gone. And it was Harper that said, we need to accept less sovereignty in this country. He said those words. 
and called it enlightened sovereignty. In other words, we've all been indoctrinated to accept last sovereignty. That's what enlightened means. And we didn't pay any attention. We better start paying attention. So again, um, all of this is relative to the campaign. It is relative to Saskatoon Mewasin. We all eat. Our food producers, our farmers, our ranchers are under attack. And that will directly affect the people of Saskatoon Mewasin. Inflation is directly related to the sustainable development agenda. Cost of living associated to inflation is related to sustainable development agenda. All of it. Everything that harms your ability to feed your family, to pay your bills, to pay your mortgage, to pay your rent is related to this agenda, all of it. And so it's all relative. And we have to look at the bigger picture. And of course, there are particular issues for Saskatoon Mewasin that I'm more than happy to talk about. And we need to have those discussions, but I can guarantee you I'll be able to relate those issues to the greater agenda, all of it. Because our municipalities, our provincial governments, our federal government have all committed to this transformative agenda. And that's why everything is upside down and backwards and inside out. It's it's the root of everything. So it is relative, and it is what it is. Uh, yeah, this campaign, PP's campaign manager is full-on World Economic Forum. Yeah, John Baird. Of course he is. He's a, he's a globalist golden boy. And uh, Pierre's going to fire or ban everybody. Uh, meanwhile, uh, John Baird is a World Economic Forum golden boy. And he also works beside Gerald Butts with the Eurasia Group, um, which is also consistent with everything else he represents. But that's okay for him uh, to be on Bolivar's campaign. And the other guy, uh, I can't remember his name, um, the guy that wears the turban, I, I can't remember his name. Anyway, he's also a World Economic Forum member. He's also part of that. So his campaign team uh, are associated, and uh, apparently that's okay. But when he says he's going to ban all of his cabinet from attending or being a member, uh, everyone loses their marbles, and yay, Pierre, you're our hero. No, he's not. He's full of shit, and he's committed to this agenda. He's committed to the Paris Accord, which you won't denounce. He's, compared to, he's, he's committed to the Sustainable Development Agenda, the SDGs, Agenda 2030, um, and won't even mention it. Pleads ignorance, feigns ignorance. It's it's ridiculous. No, it's not Jagmeet. No, no, it's his campaign manager. I, I can't remember his name. Anyways, um, so that's about it for tonight. I didn't want to get too deep into any other. Uh, one of these days, <clears throat> uh I'm either going to post a live recording 
of one of my speeches that I do on tour. And that's where I add all of the context to the globalist agenda, the historical context, where it started, how it started, um, who was involved, who did what, when, where, why, um, and how it's related to COVID and all these. I might, I might just upload it. I can't really probably get away with doing it on YouTube um, or these others possibly uh, because I, I do uh, get in. I, I'd probably be banned on, on YouTube for it. So I might just upload it to rumble um, and do it that way. Uh, I'd like to do a live of me actually uh, speaking to it as I have throughout these tours. Um, and maybe I'll just do that and I won't do it on YouTube. Um, maybe I can do it that way. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Anyways, that's going to be a wrap for tonight, guys. I had to bring this up. I had to talk about it today. Um, too important not to. And, and people need to understand uh, the propaganda that's out there and the ridicule and the shaming and the labeling. This whole idea of conspiracy theorists um, is all by design. It's all to get the mainstream not paying attention to the information we're bringing forward. And we have to we have to fight that. So, yeah, you bet, Glenn. Anyways, that's going to be a wrap tonight, guys. Uh, remember, globalism bad, nationalism good. All right. Ciao for now.